Now it's time for Inspirational Women, and my guest, Leslie Landis. Leslie has a background in psychology and is a licensed marriage and family therapist. Leslie's also been a legislative assistant to a U.S. senator, a teacher, financial planner, a bank trust officer, and an associate director in television. And to this awesome list, Leslie now adds author, one who takes the wealth and breadth of her experience to create a remarkable novel, Chandel, A Natural Warrior. Let's meet Leslie to find out how we can live our life to make the world, the planet, a safe and healthy place. Leslie Landis, good morning. It is really so wonderful to have you join us today. Well, thank you, Kate. It's my pleasure. And I am really so thrilled to be having this conversation. Not thrilled because this is the condition that we find ourselves in with our world and our environment, but thrilled that, you know, we have people, especially our youth, really focused on wanting to make a difference, wanting to be that source of change. And uh, certainly in your work, you're definitely finding that. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. And, and I too, I find it really so gratifying that, that young people can, uh, you know, are, are involved and are interested and, you know, are working to make a difference. I think they've given up on the older generation. They've decided they better do it themselves. <laughs> and rightly so. And you know what is a little disconcerting is that in more in my youth, I was finding this to be an issue, and I felt like I was doing something. But then I don't know that I would say I got complacent, but life just kind of takes over. And while I still maintained wanting to do my part, it wasn't making a huge change, but I think our youth have a different energy about it. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, basically, we would expect young people to just be thinking about, you know, their futures, uh, getting an education or, you know, training or whatever for a job and and uh, what they're going to do with their lives, and, and that's what they should be doing. <laughs> but, you know, unfortunately, the situation has gotten so extreme and they recognize that, and they're, they've become very active in the environment, in gun control, in, in things that uh, they can see, you know, as I said, adults, legislators aren't addressing. Yes, it gets so political and just so convoluted. They come to it with fresh eyes, fresh energy, and, and they want to just cut through all that stuff that's weighing it down. Right, exactly. Well, they'd like to see some action. Right. Who wouldn't? <laughs> and it's multifaceted, but I guess really it still comes down to the core of environmental issues. Because when we look at what is going on with the climate, it, it is all these other things that we're doing in, in, in terms of our uh, multi-car families and and uh fancier cars that use a lot of fuel. That's that's one of the issues. But then just the way we use energy in general. So it, it is multifaceted. Oh, absolutely. The way we use everyday items like plastic, you know, it's pretty scary. And, uh, you know, getting back for a second about the, the youth of today, you know, the, it's so important that people do something because otherwise they feel helpless. If you don't try and take some action and get some action done, you're going to feel helpless. And what does that lead to? Anxiety, depression. You know, that's not healthy. 
And in your work, because you professionally, in one aspect of your profession, you are a licensed marriage and family therapist. So have you encountered this with young people, with youth, in families? Oh, I think so, absolutely. I mean, there are those who, uh, who, because of social media, they jump on board or they start something, and they don't feel helpless. They feel, you know, empowered and that they can make a difference. And then there are those that, that uh, as I said, do feel helpless, and, and they, they do feel. I have seen depression, and I have seen anxiety. Like, what is their future going to be like? They're the ones that are going to live in this, uh, you know, globally warming world with extreme climate change. And we find just all the the different disasters, the uh, the whole kind of gamut of what has gone on from the forest fires to the hurricanes and tornadoes that have gone on, uh, just excessive rain, excessive cold, excessive heat. Here, even in the northwest in the Puget Sound area, we've seen that warming where we're having hotter summers than I remember, say, 15, 20 years ago. And. <laughs> And where I live, <laughs> where we usually have the most mild winters you can imagine, I mean, they're still relative mild, relatively mild, but it's been um, much colder this particular winter anyhow, and rainier. <laughs> we're getting your weather. <laughs> yes, we're seeing that kind of global change going on, and for young people, to be experiencing this and thinking of so much of their lives ahead of them and what's it going to look like, when they feel inspired to take action, then we all benefit by that, of course. Oh, totally. You know, it's the unpredictability. I mean, we all want to be able to have some degree of predictability in our lives. We, you know, nobody can have a, a crystal ball and know everything about the future, but, you know, generally speaking, if you're a farmer, you'd like to know that you're very likely to plant your crops. They're not going to be washed away or there's not so much rain that you can't even plant. Uh, you know, if, you're, uh, if you have a house in the woods or in an area where fires could come through, you'd like to know that that's not going to happen on a regular basis, that you have a good chance of your house still standing. I mean, all those things, um, you know, floods and, and, as you mentioned, the tornadoes and whatever, they make our lives so unpredictable. And, it, and it's another reason why people feel anxiety. So that is an important piece of it here, the anxiety, the stress that can lead to depression, uh, hopelessness. This ultimately it affects all of us, but for children and for teens, for young people, what is it doing to them? Yes, because they they know this is they're the ones who are really going to experience this future. I mean, I'm a bit older, and while it's you know going to affect me to a certain degree, it's not going to be my whole life. It's going to be their whole life, and they 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 know that they're they're totally aware. So they are aware that that changes there. Having lived through it and and, if, and thinking for sure of Northern California and last year with that horrific forest fire that demolished the town of Paradise, right. thinking of those kids losing their school, being displaced all over, it, it has that deep income 
impact where uh, we have to appreciate that what they will suffer as a result of that, it'll differ, but uh, PTSD would certainly be pretty common, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I was just going to say that, that that what people experience when they go through some horrendous uh, environmental disaster is very often PTSD. And that stays, they found that even years later, it's still affecting them that way. They're still suffering through, through that kind of uh, emotional and psychological feelings and problems that come with PTSD, which is depression and anxiety and fear, you know, being very fearful and, uh, you know, always worrying and always feeling unsafe. And, uh, you know, those are all things that come with PTSD. So this has so many layers to it. And I, with PTSD, I guess some are, uh, maybe we're affected in differing ways. Would you say some are not really touched by it? What are we looking at in terms of that? Well, you know, there, if you take a situation of war, and they have found that, you know, some people do suffer PTSD from what they the experience, which, you know, is a horrendous experience. And some people don't. And, and they, you know, there's, they're not sure why, really. I mean, there are a lot of theories about why it affects some people more than others. But, again, I think it's the feeling of helplessness, unpredictability in our lives that makes some people, you know, much more prone to being affected in such a way that they would get PTSD. But I think to an extent we all can experience it. You know, you can get PTSD just from being in a car accident. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but those, those situations, in a way, we all sort of know the risk. We get in our car, it could be an accident. You know, if you go to war, of course, that's an obvious, uh, you know, risk that you're taking. But you don't think that climate is going to be, you know, something that's going to affect your life immediately and maybe forever. Precisely. And the one thing that occurs to me thinking about that is for, say, taking the situation of a tornado and communities in the Midwest that have experienced that, for us who have not, to be compassionate, maybe uh, in the way we look at that, what we might do in terms of reaching out to help or just even the kinds of support we might send out messages ab- about that and support through, say, the Red Cross or different charities is to have that compassion come through so people, it may help them to know that they're being cared about. Yes, that they're not alone. That's always incredibly valuable. That, you know, other people care, that people maybe have had similar or same experiences and have gotten through it. You know, that's incredibly valuable to people. And you know what else is incredibly valuable is helping people prepare for the possibility of a disaster. Uh, you know, if people, if, if they live in Hurricane uh, Tornado Alley, I should say, if they live in Tornado Alley and they have, uh, you know, they have supplies stocked up and they have uh, a basement or a shelter that they can run into, they feel, again, they don't feel as helpless. They feel more prepared. If you live where there could be possible wildfires, but, um, but you have um, prepared for that by 
being sure you're on the alert system, that you've prepared uh, your documents are, you know, that, and what you would grab, and you know how to evacuate, and you know, your plan is in place, you can better cope with these things than if you're totally unprepared and you just, you know, haven't thought about the fact that they could happen to you. And that's such a valid point. Uh, for any of us, we, we are in, located in different kinds of disaster areas. Here, they talk about the big one and the potential of earthquakes. Not just the potential, we've, of course, experienced them. To know that if something really serious happens, so that you have all your important documents all collected into some kind of safe container that you can easily find and take with you somewhere. Absolutely. Or at least, uh, you know, a safe that you think might, might manage to get through it all. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's again, you know, it's it, the young people we started talking about, there are those that feel helpless and there are those that are taking action. And it's the same thing with all of us. If we in some way take control and uh, prepare ourselves, do we have our earthquake kit? I, too, live in an earthquake area. I'm on the West Coast, too. Do I have my earthquake kit prepared? Do I have, you know, my evacuation plan? Or will I know enough to get under something in case there's a major earthquake? You know, all those steps uh, helps me feel a little more confident that I can survive this, mm-hmm. and uh, it won't be in an earth-shattering, it will be earth-shattering, but maybe not an earth-shattering disaster for me, hopefully. Yes, I, I guess that's the hope. If we make some plans, if we think ahead, we're not, we'll still be shocked by it potentially and probably, but to have some kind of control will make us feel a little more empowered to be able to lead or, or give assistance to others. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you have also taken another tact, I believe, with your work on this and your thinking about it by now writing about it and coming out with this wonderful new book. Is it Shendell? Yes, Shendell, A Natural Warrior, and it's spelled C-H-E-N-D-E-L-L. And there is a website, Shendell.com, and the book is available on Amazon. And pretty soon, there'll be an audiobook available. And I'm so excited because we had two actors read the audiobook, two actors who are really active in the environmental movement. We had Adrian Grenier and Alicia Silverstone. Uh-huh. And that should be available within, I hope, another couple weeks for it to be downloaded. So thank you for mentioning my book. And it is a different tack because I have created a superhero who is fighting environmental battles. So he's fighting, you know, a real-world problem. And uh, as I say, one battle at a time. And I think the genre of a superhero, we're so into that. It just seems to be growing. So I think that was a very wise decision or maybe it came to you and you just followed that inspiration whatever it was though Leslie I think that's a great way to do it and of course making these two heroes two young heroes uh, young precisely uh, showing that what they are going to do in terms of taking on these challenges well it's true and uh, you know it's funny because one thing led to another in my plan 
or my book, my plan for my book, um, because I feel that a superhero is really an expression of our best desires to solve our worst nightmares. So, of course, I think my worst nightmare is climate change and all these natural disasters that we're experiencing to the extreme now. And um, I thought, what kind of powers can I give a superhero to fight these? And I gave my superhero natural powers, powers that come from the earth. <laughs> and, uh, you know, things that I, I didn't want to just make them super strong or this or that. I wanted them to have something unique. And so I thought about powers that can come from the earth itself. For instance, uh, one of them controlling, can actually, I hate to use the word control, I should say direct insects. <sighs> And insects can attack bad people, as we all know. Uh-huh. <laughs> they often attack uh, good people, but in this case, they only attack bad people. And, uh, and one of the other characters uh, can communicate with plants and trees and uh, can direct plants and trees to do things, too. So that just was so natural, then, to to uh, have them fight for the environment because it was the, it's the environment that's given them their powers. Oh, it, it's full circle. That's beautiful. Yeah. And, and also, of course, having them as these young people, there's such a, a connection, a resonance that occurs. And uh, from that... As we do that, as we resonate with that, I think we can feel then empowered like, oh, I have this idea. This is where I can see myself acting. I can see that it will definitely really capture a lot of attention. And, and isn't that kind of your idea is to make this a series? Oh, it is a series. I'm oh, actually working on book two now. And, um, you know, I'm ho- I hope, besides the fact that the book has is fun and has adventure in it. It even has some romance, okay? <laughs> um, besides all that, you know, I hope it does resonate with people that we all can be a superhero. There are steps that we can all take that can make a difference and hopefully prevent, you know, climate change from being extreme. From, they say we have 10 more years before the tipping, the tipping point has reached. Well, let's do something in these 10 years. Let's all of us. You know, use less plastic, uh, you know, try and put pressure on our legislators. You know, do something here that can make a difference in our world. And I believe if we do, if we do something, it can make a difference. I really believe that. Well, it certainly is going to do something, whereas if we do nothing and we keep doing business as usual, Uh then we're certain to go over the cliff. Oh, Totally. You've, yeah. you've totally nailed it, Kate. That is so true. You know, there's an African saying, little by little, a little becomes a lot. So I'm hoping that besides enjoying themselves, people take away a little bit of message from my book and do their part, whatever it is, a little something to add to uh, making a difference. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be some grandstand performance to begin. Find something that is simple. You know, for me, some years ago, instead of um, having two vehicles in our family, we decided to have just one and, and use more public transportation. And, you know, at first it feels awkward, 
But then it can be more and more natural to do that. So we we can find ways that um, can be rather simple for us. And as you say, Leslie, little by little. Yes. It'll grow. Absolutely. You know, uh, don't use plastic plastic wear, you know. Don't don't use plastic bags, you know. Bring bring bags everywhere. Say no to the plastic straws. I mean, you know, use a reusable water bottle. And I love your example. Uh, my husband and I just went down to one car. We realized <laughs> we weren't driving that much, that we needed two cars. And we're almost always together when we're in a car anyhow. So, uh, you know, they... And we feel great about it. It's working out fine. It's right. surprising, but it is true. And, you know, the thing with something like that, it, it has a way of rolling forward where th- there are savings involved. We're not spending as much when we cut down the number of vehicles we have in, in so many ways. You know, it just begins to pay back and then the environment is better for it. You know, there are fewer cars on the road, hopefully, because we still see too many cars on the road. <laughs> True. Well, and I have to share with you that we bought an electric automobile, too, and it's fantastic. <laughs> and and is... we, we love driving by the gas stations. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> yes, because that gas mileage is almost, I would want to say, astronomical. Yes. And we're, we're not putting money into somebody else's pocket in another country. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're keeping it here. <laughs> so there we see, you know, again, that savings enters into it. And as you said, like with the plastics, having reusable bags, you know, when we go to the market where uh, this is one of my more recent lessons, don't buy too much produce at one time because then I'm ending up throwing it out. What a waste that is on so many levels. So if we have our reusable bag that we carry to the market, we don't have to get plastic or even paper there, mm-hmm. right? Totally. Something that, that's recyclable and won't end up in the ocean. Oh, that's another sad story. But all these things that you just mentioned and I mentioned, I think that they make me feel like I'm doing something, and I'm sure it makes you feel like you're doing something. And that takes away that feeling of helplessness. You know, we're, we're contributing to the betterment of the planet and to the environment. And uh, I don't feel as helpless. I'm sure you don't either. That's right. When we are doing something active, then we're being part of the solution. Exactly. When we're doing something active that is along that positive vein, it definitely is making a difference. And and then we feel more optimistic. And then I, I feel what happens, different opportunities present themselves as to the next thing that we can do and the next after that. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think, I mean, I'm not trying to be some grand person here, but, I, you know, if people see other people bringing bags to the market bringing their own bags, they say, well, you know what, I can do that too. You know, it's hopefully spreading the feeling of being able to do something to make a difference. Right. Yes. And so that's it, encouraging each other, kind of reaching across and maybe even complimenting someone on, oh, nice bag. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) That's 
a good idea. I'm going to try that one. (laughs) Yes. And I have to confess, what I need to do, I have a number of them, and they're readily available here in the Northwest. You know, there's lots of ways to get them. It's to remember to always bring them with us. You know, don't. Yes. I sometimes fail in that regard, but I'm getting better. (laughs) I have a note stuck on my steering wheel of the car. (laughs) Remember your bags. It's like anything, you know, it takes 30 days to, to make a new habit. That's what they say. Yes. And it certainly takes at least 30 days. So if you keep doing something and trying to remember and trying to remember, after 30 days it will become a habit. <laughs> right. And this way it also, with our younger generation being so much on the front lines with this, just knowing, you know, it's their future that's really in jeopardy here. By seeing, you know, an older generation also there aiming to do what we can do, I think is encouragement and adds a a little bit of oomph to their journey and and to what they're trying to accomplish. Oh, totally. I'm sure you're aware of the school climate strikes that's happening around the world. Yes. And I love their signs. I, I love the signs that some of them I'll just repeat to you. You know, one of them is, there's no planet B. The sea is rising, and so are we. And denial is not a policy. But I just wrote a blog, and I added my suggestion for a sign that I feel that all young people should wear. One that says, I'll be a voter in two years, <laughs> or four years, or six years, whatever it is. And I'm going to vote you out of office if you don't do something about climate change. And so that's my suggestion. <laughs> that's And that's a great one. And again, being that support and encouragement, you know, lauding what they're doing. And, of course, I feel part of what you're doing as encouragement, Leslie, is, of course, this book. You know, using these two young heroes, yes. hero and heroines in yes, it, Chandel, are, yeah. right? Yes, a, a young man and a young woman. And, uh, you know, they both are very equal in this fight. And uh, they take an interesting turn in it, which I I don't want to divulge. No, no. Hopefully your listeners will be inspired to to read the book and find out what happens to them. So let's mention the website again as one source to find the book and get more information. Yes, it's Chendell, again spelled C-H-E-N-D-E-L-L a natural warrior. And so it's Shandell.com. Yes. Yes. A natural warrior. And as I said, I have a website, and it's a really fun website. I think it's very uh, very interactive and interesting, and I think people will enjoy it. An- another good reason, then, to get to the website, uh, engage, connect, uh, because your blog is there, we can just get more up-to-date information? Yes, it is there. Um, I've, to date, well, I've, uh, there's several different articles there, but I just started adding my own, my own voice to the blog, and I'm continuing. I've already written three more, which will be posted very shortly. And so it's constantly growing and evolving. Yes, totally. Just as what we need to be doing, because um, as you mentioned a little earlier, Leslie, that we have basically 10 years, which is 
in one way, still a lot of time, but really it's it's just, you know, a flash too. Oh, so yeah. it, there's no time to waste. Today no. is the day to get, get going. It, it's a, a, 10 years is a blink of an eye. Yes. And, and it's, it's just going to, you know, and, and things are just, uh, you know, what is that where, where, where it's like a snowball rolling down a hill? It gets bigger and bigger, faster and the faster and goes faster and faster, the bigger it gets. Right. That's, that's what this is all like. And, and we just have to really make a change now. And make yes, so we make that change. That change make that snowball something really positive. So as it rolls along, it's going to make reversal happen. <laughs> Actually, I, I guess it's not the best example because with global warming, the snowball is melting before it even gets to the bottom. <laughs> well, there is that. That's true. But we get the the metaphor of yes. that. You know, <laughs> we have to capture what that is. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, you and the bottom line is simply was greatly that we want this to just be a movement that really begins to escalate and make that change so that we still have this this planet there's, I love that. There's no planet B. Right. There is a planet for our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And us, you know. And I Yes. Mean, you know, I love our planet. It's a beautiful place. Let's keep it that way. I like to breathe clean air, and I like to drink clean water. I think all of us do. This is our only home. And frankly, I don't think Mars looks that appealing. We all need to work to make this, you know, last and the environment work for us, not against us. Absolutely. Well, I certainly, for one, appreciate so greatly your passion, Leslie, what you are doing. And certainly this book is a great way to get the message across and people will read it and get from it what they need and we can all move forward to positive change. Well, thank you, Kate. I really enjoyed talking to you. And I with you. Thank you, Leslie Landis. And with that, we are at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Leslie Landis and Sunday Morning Magazine with Laura Adams and Julie Garner, imploring us to be safe when we get into our cars. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I'll get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Click on the on-air tab, then Sunday mornings, and there look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of thinking of the health and well-being of each of us in all the ways that we connect. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9.